0: Welcome back to the Micro Advice Podcast. Today, our spotlight topic is on how to define and measure return on investment made in delivering a better customer experience. To better understand this concept, we're here with Mary Cleary, Head of Growth at the High Growth Customer Experience AI Startup, Frame AI. Mary, thanks so much for taking the time to speak with us today.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Jim. I'm glad to be here.
0: It's such a pleasure to speak with you. So, Frame is such a fascinating company that I got to know better through the webinar forum, Signal VOC, that you host. Uh, And I understand that you're building a cutting-edge AI platform by unifying data from various different sources that's already being collected by one's customers, basically to help them better understand their voice of the customer. So Mary, VOC, or voice of the customer, isn't necessarily a new concept, but Frame takes a different perspective. Can you maybe talk to us a little bit about the industry need prompting the starting a frame and then how you're working to produce a better voice of the customer outcome than, say, a manual experience?
1: Absolutely. So um, so today's CX teams are under more pressure than ever to improve customer experience. And there's the, the old adage, you know, if you can't measure it, you can't improve it. Definitely rings true here. And so you know, traditional measurement in CX, like using surveys alone, um, just isn't cutting it anymore. And so CX teams are realizing this quickly and are increasingly looking to richer sources of feedback, things like support tickets and customer communities and, and chat and, and so forth. However, once you open the aperture to richer sources of, of feedback, you are looking at volumes of data that are simply impossible to manage without the right technology. I like to say that it's kind of like 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 shoveling while while there's still a blizzard outside, um, and and it's not just the volume; it's the fact that this data lives in so many different places, which means that they're constantly switching context while trying to process that information. So they're you know they're hunting for product feedback themes that customers are inevitably describing using different words. They're looking at churned customers and and groups of churned customers and, and trying to kind of pattern match and and understand the series of events that. That leads to churn, and then you know by the time you've covered enough ground, customers who give that feedback may have already churned because you didn't act, or because that feedback is no longer relevant for other reasons. But you know, I think those are actually kind of the more obvious points that that we hear a lot about in our space. And there's there's something else at play here that we don't talk enough about, which is, and I think it's really important, which is the fact that way too many CX leaders know what it's like to show up to a meeting. And with, with, with hard won customer feedback and can't answer really criti- critical questions about that feedback. So things like why should we do X? Is this mission critical or nice to have? Which customers are asking about this? How many customers? Are they big customers? Are they small customers? And what will the impact of, of doing something or or not doing something be? And you know, so so in summary, I think that understanding customer feedback is is um at scale is, is just too hard, but also too important to leave to manual effort. And so the answers to these kinds of why questions that I'm asking are traditionally this elusive thing, um, but it really doesn't have to be so hard. I mean, we are seeing incredible advances in AI technology, specifically in the realm of natural language understanding. And, you know, all this means that manual effort can and really should be a thing of the past. So instead of spending so much time collecting and analyzing data, this really frees up teams to focus more on evaluating, you know, real data-driven insights. Um, you know, setting measurable goals and and building bulletproof business cases that inspire stronger customer relationships. And so, at Frame, we're automatically measuring sentiment, effort, and key themes on on every interaction in every channel to help CX leaders do just that.
0: Okay, that's fantastic. So, you know, Mary, as you were speaking, I, I could think of literally hundreds of different data points that showcase how providing a good customer experience is good for business. So how do you recommend various companies measure a good CX and then tie that to your typical business metrics like top line revenue or profit margin, cost reduction, what have you?
1: Yeah, great question. So Measuring CX has historically been really hard, let alone actually tying it to to those business metrics that you were mentioning. And so, you know, there are countless CX metrics out there, right? But it's much harder than it should be to actually roll all those things up into an accurate and actionable description of customer experience. And the problem is that most of those metrics are pretty insufficient proxies for for the goals that CX teams have. And so they end up with this kind of kitchen sink approach to, to measurement. So metrics CX metrics really need to reflect a high volume of customer interactions as and also be consistent and context rich enough really to mean anything to anyone. So the first step is strengthening CX measurement. It's this kind of messy combination of human interaction of you know different channels and and both quantitative as well as qualitative data points. And there are metrics that you know are best suited towards different goals. So You know, you might be looking to improve outcomes, you might be looking for early warnings to help you get ahead of changing customer expectations. You might be looking to test hypotheses like whether you should launch a new feature and and whether that feature is what's going to make the material impact on your customer experience. Whatever combination of metrics matter most to your business, inconsistency and small sample sizes can be really problematic if you're a data-driven org looking to drive decisions and improvements based off of those metrics. So, you know, for example, you might measure sentiment with emojis in in one channel. You might have another channel where you're using some sort of numerical scale. And then across the board, you might actually only be capturing sentiment from a small percentage of your customers. So, you know, but without holistic and, and consistent measurement across the board, it's really hard to identify which actions are gonna move the needle for which customers and when, as well as for your business. So measurement needs to be standardized and holistic, but then the rub is, well, how, how do I make that specific to my business? And so in the context of sentiment, for example, you can't just stop at calling something positive or negative. If you're trying to tie that to high-level business metrics, you can't say that you know, a positive interaction means it's time for an upsell or conversely that a negative interaction means the customer is going to churn. Um, and also, you know, not all positive and negative interactions are, are created equally. You know, You might have two that are labeled negative, but, you know, one is because of a, a little, um, you know, simple bug or the customer was confused about something very minute. And then another one is, you know, resulted in a in the customer actually like, you know, reporting the wrong metrics to their board. Like those two interactions have very different implications for, for your customer experience. And, you know, so, so staying in the wrong sentiment, tying that to business metrics, it really depends on your ability to identify what kinds of positive and negative interactions or, or themes lead lead to business outcomes. And so the best sentiment analysis tools will use trends to help you actually predict which elements of your customer experience drive business outcomes like revenue and, and cost reduction and margins.
0: Okay. Fascinating stuff. So uh, what specific data elements do you see as the biggest factors in changing the course of a customer experience? Because you, you touched on that a little bit in your response, but you know, basically, what can companies must have or what really should they focus on understanding when incorporating or building a customer-first strategy to achieve a, a specific return on investment?
1: Yeah, so starting from kind of raw materials or, or where the data elements come from, unstructured data for, for sure. So over 80% of your customer feedback is, is unstructured. And unstructured can be organic or solicited, such as kind of the free-form comments that a company surveys. So I'll say that unstructured organic feedback in particular is an especially critical ingredient of any CX strategy. So organic feedback is the feedback that customers regularly volunteer in the channels that you make available to them. So again, these, these sources of feedback I was mentioning earlier. So things like support tickets and, and web chat and user forums and you know even in some cases, things like shared Slack channels. It's really the culmination of all of those, how do I, is there an easier way to, um, You know I wish I could, it wasn't obvious that type statements that can really make or break your, your customer experience. And so this has historically been dark data or, or data that's too difficult to understand for the very same reasons we discussed that so many CX teams are overburdened with manual effort. It's also available in real time. It's already available at your fingertips. But most importantly, it's the most accurate and holistic source of of the things that CX teams need to measure to to impact CX, right? So so those are sentiment and and effort and and key themes. So coming back to measuring CX and tying it to business outcomes, CX measurement must be grounded in organic feedback. And at the risk of stating the obvious, it's never been more important to understand customer sentiment, and failing to do so has unfortunate consequences. But what's different here is that enlisting the help of natural language understanding technology means you can understand the sentiment of all of your customers. So that means every verbatim from every user across your customer base in every channel, and not just the small percentage that answered a survey. But more important, then sentiment itself is what is driving that sentiment or why does the customer feel that way? And, you know, are they upset about a a billing snafu? Are they just delighted that your support team just saved them a lot of time and anxiety with an awesome workaround? You know, are they confused by a new product release and perhaps prefer the earlier version? Um, So things like that. And then then effort as well is, is essential to understand. You know, you can have super high product usage and, you know, amazing CSMs who guide your customers toward, toward outcomes, but the effort that customers expend in pursuit of those outcomes is, is really important because if there's an easier way to get the same result, then they will find it. And so, you know, the last thing is, is themes too. Um, you know, so many moving parts in customer experience and in the context of sentiment and effort, understanding themes can really help you make those specific decisions about what needs to be improved. So if you discover that a lot of negative sentiment comes from perhaps a bug in your export functionality, you might want to set a goal that measures not only, you know, reduced dimensions of customers bringing up the, the bug in export functionality, but alongside that a, an increase in sentiment and a reduction in effort when those do when those things do arise.
0: Okay, perfect. So that's some fantastic hard data elements that you brought up there. Are there any maybe intangibles? That you would consider un- or uncovered whenever predicting or dictating what type of metrics define a good customer experience?
1: Yeah. So, you know, I think that the ability to harness organic feedback really represents a, a real step change in the types of things that CX teams are able to measure, understand, and improve about their customer experience. I think the true test of whether CX measurement is effective is can it drive better decisions? actions and outcomes, both today as well as in the longer term. So, you know, I often think about uh, a weather forecast as an example of something that's measured well. So meteorologists are directly measuring things like temperature and precipitation and so forth. And so, you know, when people know it's going to rain every day on a given day, they, they'll, they'll bring an umbrella out with them. And, you know, so that well-measured forecast is improving everyday lives so people aren't going outside and then getting soaking wet. But meteorologists also use every single rainy day on record as a data point that helps them then improve longer term decisions that help quality of life. So, you know, farmers can better predict crop yields, which impacts our food supply and um, public safety organizations can help anticipate and prepare for for wildfires in the event that, you know, in in drier uh, types of regions. And so, if you think about sort of how, how that is all sort of a miracle of measurement, how absurd would it be if instead meteorologists were surveying people to report their local weather conditions? So, kind of bringing that back to CX, because our customers are holistically measuring organic feedback, they're able to answer those kind of why questions and, and really pattern match across issues and customer issues that customers are raising in their own words, um, which helps them improve outcomes. It helps them get ahead of customer expectations by finding early warning signs in these real-time interactions. It also helps them iterate quickly by testing hypotheses about what kinds of actions like that feature release we mentioned, what will and and, and won't necessarily improve the customer experience. And one other thing I'd like to say is that since natural language is really the, the currency across customer interactions, measuring organic feedback also gives you sort of a Rosetta Stone that effectively translates insights across different teams who each have a stake in the customer experience. So instead of forcing functions like product and success and support to kind of reconsider their own notion of the customer journey in order to understand customers holistically, it really becomes more about getting every function information from every part of the customer journey that then supports each of their own unique ability to solve problems in their individual spheres of expertise. So, you know, because of all those factors I I described kind of more specifically, this allows them to do things like increase customer satisfaction, reduce effort, you know, things that matter in the now, like predict and prevent escalations, as well as reduce cost of service and insurance by 15 to 20 percent.
0: Okay. Fascinating. I love the example about the weather forecast. That was a Great analogy. It makes total sense. Having
1: fun with that one,
0: <laughs> Mary. So th- this has been fantastic. A lot of good data and hard facts that you're you're supporting here. Um, final question for today, and this one is a you know a little bit more just nuance of maybe how how Frame is is going to market. So yeah, I, I've heard that a lot of leaders know AI is the future. And want to invest in AI, but they're leery because they're putting their faith in an algorithm, which may, in in some cases, kind of be a black box, you know, where you really don't understand it, but everybody's doing it. So you have to jump on this train. How does frame or how have you seen best practices to overcome this perception with leadership that, hey, this is a good tool, it works and it provides a better insight? There may be some manual effort.
1: Definitely. What, what you're saying resonates a ton. So, um, you know, while a lot of CX leaders might actually literally have a mandate to use AI, that doesn't necessarily make it any less challenging to make that leap. So I think most have you know some level of belief that will help them, yes, but you know, like anything else, the devil's in the details. So if you're going to use AI, it simply has to work within the guardrails of your current process and understand the nuances of your business. So it's not all that helpful if you generate a word cloud or a list of positive and negative interactions and think, oh, this is really cool, but, you know, I'm not really sure what what to do with it. And unfortunately, that dynamic is is pretty common. So the kind of how is a really big question mark for a lot of people. And so uh, here are a couple of ways that that we address that. So you've got to calibrate metrics that, you know, customers are already accustomed to. So for example, our FSAT or or frame satisfaction metric is calibrated to predict CSAT, but it's based on richer data and it's also automatically collected. The next is giving customers the ability to adjust natural language models without data science expertise. So out of the box models are great, but if you're expecting AI to really become a cornerstone of your process, the ability to kind of tune the underlying logic is, is really critical. Because, you know, customer language is not one size fits all across every company. So to give you an example of that, let's say you're a CRM company and, you know, a missing meeting comes up as a repeated theme across your interactions. It's probably a logging issue or something that has a relatively easy fix, right? But if you are a calendar scheduling company, a missing meeting is actually a really big deal because that probably means that your product did not perform at some fundamental level. And that's something that is more likely to cause churn. Um, so kind of accounting for, for nuances like that and being able to tune for them. The last thing I'll say is you really need infrastructure to actually do something about the insights that you're gathering, because insights alone won't you know, impact your customer experience. So it needs to be super clear you know, who needs to do what to whom and when and why. Otherwise, insights are just going to end up on the too hard pile. And so we address this with intelligent integrations that deliver sufficient context and detail to stakeholders who are then accountable for, for next best actions. And you know, last thing I'll say is if the point of using AI is to understand customer feedback at scale or reducing manual effort and driving better decisions, it's really important to thoroughly understand what the actual experience will be.
0: Ah, that's fantastic. Mary, thank you so much for this amazing insight.
1: Thank you so much, Jim, for having me. This was great and pleasure to see you as always.
0: Likewise. And thank you all for listening. If you have any thoughts on a customer experience topic, please feel free to drop me a line on LinkedIn. As always, please subscribe to the YouTube channel, Spotify and iTunes seeking micro advice for this and many other great customer experience tips and tricks. Have a great week. Bye now.